You know when you get like songs stuck in your head all the time. Yeah, you yeah. know that song. Um, You're so lame. You're so lame. I was waiting you know for you one? to start singing it. Go on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're you know so lame. Uh, probably no. think this song is about you. I've had that stuck in my head, but um, oh no, I've I've just been changing the word lame with just any any uh, verb <laughs> that I want. <laughs> oh, exciting! I didn't know you started remixing. Bloody hell! <laughs> You've already filling the gaps of what words I've been filling in. <laughs> <laughs> Who's it by? I have no idea. <laughs> You're so lame. <laughs> You probably think this song is about... You. Well, thanks, you've ruined that song for me now. That's right. I've introduced you to the song and I've ruined it for you. <laughs> you've ruined my day. It's time to get into the podcast. Oh, that was so tone deaf. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You tell we're not singers, sure. can't you? Yeah. I think we should stick to podcasting. I mean, we barely speakers. No, yeah, I can barely so. speak properly, let alone fucking sing. Yeah. What an interesting intro. <laughs> never done a never done a karaoke intro before. Well, I like uh, it. It's the first time for everything on the show. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I totally didn't have no idea what you're on about then. Uh, yeah, this is the show. Um, doesn't help that we're sat still, you know, sat in bedrooms and not in our, our own custom age studio. <laughs> Christ. One day. But yeah, this is a this is the final draft. Welcome. Hope you're all doing all right. Yeah, here with Alex. Hello. Hello. How have you been today? Um, I just ate a lot of chocolate. So I'm good. Excellent. Which one? Oh, the oh, we've had this conversation. The your your yeah. newfound love. Yeah, the uh, chocolate orange buttons. Mm. Um, we do rate them apparently. Certified. Final draft certified. Ten out of ten. Um. <laughs> I've just tried uh, the M M&M and M bar, right? Because it was on offer in the uh, in Tesco's <laughs> for a pound. Then they did that. An M M&M and M bar. And I bought it over my weekly Jaffa cake. <laughs> weekly, you know, when you when you, <laughs> when you do your weekly sh- big shop, and you always get like the same shit. Mm-hmm. It's usually Jaffa mm-hmm. cakes because they're always like a pound. But now nah, I went for something different this time, and it was it was all right. But you know, didn't it's, hit the same. It's understandable why they would uh, sell them that cheap. <laughs> yeah, um. yeah. I should have um, I should have uh, spotted the red flags to begin with. To be honest, um, <laughs> three pound to a pound. That's not great, is it, to be honest? <laughs> okay, well, yeah, welcome back to Final Draft. Um, <laughs> double feature time, we're back. We actually did watch the films this I know, time. a double feature. Um, Bloody hell, aren't you lucky? Aren't we lucky? And this is going to be a good one. I've got a good feeling about this one. It's probably, many are saying it's going to be the best episode ever. Um, yeah, everyone's saying yeah. that. Adam, what was our, what's our first film? What did you recommend me last week? Oh, so last Leon... Two weeks? <laughs> Leon the Professional. 
Okay, so this week uh, I recommended Alex Leon from 1994, or otherwise known as Leon the Professional, uh, which I think it was known as in the States for whatever reason. Uh, and there's yeah. some, these films kind of differ depending on where they were released. I think a few scenes were taken out, but we'll, we'll get on to that. I remember when I saw it for the first time, which wasn't that long ago, actually, a friend recommended it to me and was like, this is such a you movie. And I had no idea what that meant. Um, I still don't know what that means, but I did enjoy it. So there's clearly something in there. Um, Perhaps the kind of, its style or its look or its action, it reminds me a lot of like the conversation we had last week about actions being very well um, thought out. But I feel that Leon is a little bit, in terms of a story at least, you know, a bit better thought out and uh, developed in its characters than something like mm-hmm. Drive, which is nice. Because um, for an action film that's so well-renowned, there's not that much action in it till like the end of the film or the beginning. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it was directed by um, Luc Besson. Um, he also wrote it. It stars Gene Reno, I believe that's how you pronounce it, as Leon. Um, and Gary Oldman. Um, and Natalie Portman's first film. And I believe she was like 11, 12 years old when she uh, yeah, well, when she yeah. acted in this film, which is definitely going to be a conversation um, that we'll have because she did a bloody good job. Ruddy good job. Um, Ruddy good yeah. job. Um, but the synopsis is uh, that Natalie Portman plays a 12-year-old girl called uh, Matilda. She shares the same apartment building as Leon um, with her with her family. Uh, and Leon is a professional assassin, basically. Um, and after a family is brutally murdered, um, they develop a very unusual kind of relationship in which he kind of takes her in uh, to take care of her. Uh, and the whole film is about how those two are quite different, uh, very unlikely friends, uh, and him trying to protect her from the uh, the dangers of the world. Um, essentially, which is probably the worst synopsis for this film ever, but that's a kind of a non-spoilerish um, synopsis. And as always, you know, if you don't want spoilers, I suggest going away, watching this brilliant movie, um, and then coming back. But if you have already seen it, uh, I'll start off by asking Alex, of course, uh, what did you think of it? Was this your first time watching it, or did yeah, I get lucky it was again? my f- this is my first time watching it. Excellent. I'd been aware of it for a while, um, and mm. it just never really got around to it. So thanks for the recommendation. I like Luc Besson. He's made some shit films, but, <laughs> well, I really like the fifth element, really, in this. <laughs> um, but I think he's an interesting director. Um, my initial thoughts of the film, uh, I really like its style. I like its blend of Euro cinema and American action um, I like its character stuff. I like its uh, imagery and symbolism. I like the way that they flesh out these characters that would typically be a bit more kind of, you know, different in the hands of a different director or writer mm. or whatever. And I think they take an interesting turn with with the dynamic. I think there's problems with it. Mm. Um, but I like its sense of style. It's very nineties. Love the lo- there's some great there's some great looks in this film. I wanted to say, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Leon's whole get up is just like 
you know, that's just like every <laughs> art student in Bristol, I feel like. <laughs> um, I was waiting for you to say that. I have a yeah. friend who looks exactly like Leon. He dresses the same. It's quite funny. And well, I think of like the 90s, I think, I don't know what plant that is, but I think of that plant, <laughs> when I think of 90s, like there's a little plant that he carries around. I just, yeah. for me, that's such like an icon of like that time period. Um, Plants, 1990s trademark. I like its style. I like its look. I'm not so sure about the story, um, but we can get into it. Um, mm, definitely. So what, were, so what is it about this one that you wanted to talk about and like, why is it a, such a standout for you? Because I, I, mm. I know it's like a personal favourite of yours, so I'm interested in what it is about it. I could mm. see it being a you movie for sure. Um, yeah, and I'm I think... I'm interested into why you think that. Yeah, I mean, it's... when we, I knew that we were going to see Drive, and I was thinking just before we did our last double feature about what I wanted to recommend, um, Leon came straight to mind because of its... Um, firstly, its unique style, but being renowned as, like, an, a, a great action movie. You know, this is, this is labelled as one of the best action movies um, ever. I'm sure there's a top ten list somewhere in which it's listed. Um, but one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it so much is because it's an interesting conversation to have about, you know, should movies in certain genres take a certain approach to realism or should they be self-contained um, mm-hmm. and be a bit anti-realist? Um, okay. we've, we spoke a little bit uh, last week about, you know, drive it's, there are a lot, you can see why people don't like it because it takes that approach within action in which the drama doesn't really um, hit very well, but then because it's so hyper stylized and because it's such a ride, you kind of forgive its nature for that. And Leon is a is an attempt to take that genre and build on its on on the drama aspect of it a little bit more. For me, the thing that I liked most about this is the way that they made you care about the characters and the way that you in which you develop they developed it throughout the film um the tiny little quirks and scenes that help build them and make you care about them so that when you have this very anti-realist stylistic kind of ending and the other fun elements of this film that do make for great action um they do have a bit of like emotional emphasis on them you know you, you don't want them to to get harmed or you don't want them to kind of the life that they've built to be to be broken up because of the events that happen. Um, you can tell that this is a movie that was very particularly planned on its look. Um, some of the cinematography in this is absolutely gorgeous for the time in which it came out. I think yeah. instantly to like the first scene where you're introduced to Leon, but you never actually see him. Uh, it follows a gang in a hotel and, um, and they realise that someone is coming to get them. And you never see him, but you see slowly how these people are taken out over time. And it makes you understand as a viewer everything about the character and what that character is capable of without actually having any dialogue from him, basically, um, or any on-screen time, which I think is bloody brilliant. Um, it's a great way yeah. to open a movie, and then Absolutely. the rest of the the middle of the sandwich of this film is just there's hardly any action um, apart from like snippets in which it establishes how they come together. So 
uh, Matilda's family being brutally murdered by the uh, the villain in this film, uh, played by Gary Oldman, who definitely has a lot of fun with this movie. Um, It's extremely memorable. Absolutely. I didn't know... (laughs) There's a famous gif reaction of him from this film, and for years I thought it was... (laughs) For some reason, for years, I thought it was Ewan McGregor because he just kind of looks a bit... Yeah, definitely. He's I thought it was Ewan McGregor. So then when I saw it in this, I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, Gary Which Oldman one was um, it? The, um, everybody, you know that bit? Oh, yes, of course. Where he's a close-up screaming. I, I've seen that I've seen that gif everywhere and I don't know, I just thought it was Ewan McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, um, the, there's a whole thing about um, him and Beethoven in this film as well that's i've i've seen like sure. on pop culture things and scribbled on like that kind of quote about he basically has this thing where before he either to calm him down or to hype him up for like a murder he explains that there's like a there's like a build-up and then there's like a uh i can't i don't know i can't remember the exact quote but then there's like a there's like a release and then the rest of it's just fucking boring <laughs> as he describes it um yeah but uh, yeah, so he's he's excellent in this movie. Um, Absolutely. But the, the sandwich of this film uh, is a very unique example in an action film, in my opinion, which is why it kind of stuck with me about how it, like I said earlier, helps you care about the characters. Um, the little things that it, it... There's not a lot of dialogue in the scenes in which it helps build character. There's a lot of montages or there's a lot of scenes where you just are with them in their daily lives so for example with Leon you see his apartment you see his process of waking up uh, throughout his day um, his little plant that we referenced earlier that he looks after um, which serves no purpose really other than building this idea that there is a heart to this character somewhere and that well, what plan, he does mm, the plant is him basically it's a it's a, it's a nourishes it's a, it's a, the plant it's a symbol for him it's he mm. says it's my best friend is a plan. Leon doesn't have a best friend. He's his own best friend. That's you know. Hmm. Um, oh, that's, that's kind quite of a shorthand. No, see, I feel stupid right? now because that's actually quite clever. Um, <laughs> I was just um, like, oh, look, ha- nice man looks after plan. No, well, it's a nice, it's a nice <laughs> little character quirk, and they give him lots of little yeah. quirks, like the whole drinking of the milk thing. But even that is like um, the milk as well as mm. is like a it, and why I say like I like the symbolism in this, like because it's just effective s- storytelling. Like the symbolism is of the milk lets you know that. Uh, he's got this childlike quality to him. He's always drinking milk. Mm. Dr- milk is like a, uh, you know, a, a, something you associate with kids. You know, yeah. drink drink your milk, strong bones. It's a very like child drink. Like, and yeah, y- you kind of get that sense where he's drinking. It, with, his um, innocence and stuff kind of comes through. Yeah, yeah. When he's drinking with Tony, and Tony's drinking alcohol, and he's there with his glass of milk. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he's sat there with him. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a milk, please. Yeah, and uh, and it's become shorthand for like, his relationship with Matilda too. Yeah, um, because they yeah. they drink milk together, and it, I, I like those just simple shorthand visual uh, symbols and metaphors mm. um, in this. Yeah, it's very um, clever in how it does it as well because it's not like in your face necessarily. Um, it's no. just slowly built into it at certain bits. Um, Absolutely, and that and, and that yeah, works really well. Yeah, and I agree with your point with about the action. Um, that introduction scene where we don't we don't even see him the only time yeah. we see him is when he just comes out the shadow and it's like he's this otherworldly being <laughs> yeah it was it was giving me massive batman vibes um yeah. and i really like that approach and then how there's not really much violence until the kind of conclusion of the film yeah because that's not really what the story is about the story is about the central relationship between the two characters 
Um, and that's very interesting. I think there was an action scene that was cut out um, that's in the director's cut. I only saw the theatrical. Um, yeah, I've I heard there's, a, there is another, there's another action scene like midway through the film. I know that there's one... Um, well, there's a lot of periods in this film where um, they're training together. Um, yeah. And they go, you know, they, they have those kind of montages where they go around all the people's houses and they, they do it together, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a scene that's cut out the American version, I think, where they're on the roof um, and he's teaching her how to line up a sniper rifle or something. Um, yeah. And I know there's an important bit of dialogue in that. I just can't remember it. Um, I didn't write it down. But um, but that was cut out of the US version for some reason. So there are multiple cuts of this oh, movie. Um, okay. Yeah, it was in the cut I watched, but maybe I don't uh, know. Yeah, I, yeah, or, or, or it was. Cut, yeah, it's. Some, I think. Um, don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty certain that I read up that that scene was cut out for whatever reason, um, okay. and a few others. Um, but for the most part, these the cuts are quite similar. It's not like fucking Blade Runner where it's all over the shop. <laughs> um, it's. I can see also why people have comments about this film. Mm-hmm. You know, like the scene at the end where it all builds mm-hmm. to the whole, um, the kind of almost Michael Bayish huge action scene and that kind of loses sure. its grounding a bit, where it becomes a bit kind of slapstick and well, not slapstick, really, but just I really like exaggerated. That I, I like yeah, it's good. It's good. It's, it's got just, it's got like a comic book kind of quality. To yeah, it, um, that I really definitely. liked actually. That didn't feel out of place with the story, despite the fact that, yeah, like I said, the sandwich, the, the meat filling is mainly just them kind of going mm. about and talking it's, and the, the relationship developing. It's a good payoff. I feel like it was... Yeah, I think it would also been, work very effectively yeah. if you did like um, a more emotional ending where it was a bit more cutthroat and a bit more... Um, I think it's pretty, it's pretty cutthroat, you know. In sense That's probably that the wrong, like word, that he, wrong word for it. I mean, just like if sure, you. Sure, no, I get, I get he, what you mean. Yeah, but I think that I mean, you know, we're we're full spoilers, but him dying at the end, I thought was like very good. Yeah, um, definitely, absolutely. I can't, I can't this a lot in films, and maybe it's just my sadistic nature. I don't know, but I like when you commit to killing off a character, mm. and there's no. Oh, maybe he got away. You know, he, he's dead. He, yeah, he's strapped he, he gets, a, a, <laughs> bombed himself. Yeah, he get, yeah. he gets shot. He's down. Blows up the grenades. Takes out Gary Oldman. Awesome, and it's like the final goodbye. Yeah, um, and it hurts. And that's great, but that's, that's great. great. Yeah, and it hurts. It hurts. It's supposed you know? to do that. Yeah, and that's 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 what this movie does so well because you're itching always for that next kind of like that hit of um, of on screen action. So when it all you know, comes to the end, yeah, and because that time was spent making you care about these characters and, and finding all these things that you like about them, it does hurt the film, to see them. Yeah, you know, to hit to see him go and and. I mean, the uh, film is kind of teasing you in terms of the the violence because you see, yeah, that opening scene and he doesn't mm. doesn't kill that guy at, at the end of that. You opening know, something's coming, yeah. but you know, you know, he's got a capability to do so, and then even with with the scenes where he's training Matilda and he's training her how to use the guns but they're using paintballs and yeah. you're like oh it's yeah it's not quite 
there yet and then when yeah. when we do get there it's this massive you know raid style action scene where he's doing insane stuff he's in the ceiling <laughs> yeah uh, he's going <laughs> fucking like comes down from the from the, the top of the door like a, absolutely and there like is a vampire a, that's great there's a cathartic release from that and there's also again the, the emotional stakes are a lot higher because now mm. we feel like this is the big leagues and this is properly it and mm. you know he might not get out of this and it's and that's more engaging as a viewer and with um, this film I think yeah. I, oh, I didn't expect to be as emotionally invested as I was you know okay that's why it surprised me because I, I kind of saw like the trailer for this and it looked intriguing but I didn't expect to go on a journey in, a, in an action film that was made in the 90s I genuinely cared so much about the characters and and where they ended up um and the payoff is so well done you spoke mm-hmm. about like the action as well and how it's well placed but you you do still get like hits of it now and again like when um when matilda's family gets murdered and you get introduced properly to the villain you see like the brutality in him at its peak um what that character is then capable of which is nice because yeah. you've had that at the beginning you've seen what leon's capable of and what how he's able to make choices um mm. whether or not to kill someone and, but he is there's capable a, uh, and with there's a yeah there's a juxtaposition between leon and um Geralt yeah. and his character where leon is so precise and you know is just he's the professional whereas Geralt's yeah. character has this chaotic <laughs> energy and it's like he's doing drugs and he's like clearly <laughs> mentally not there and yeah um, i like that I like that simple juxtaposition to show like the different ways in which they enact their violence and absolutely uh, and how you know there's the, there's a clear difference in morality mm. and how like you know Leon's a killer but isn't it convenient how he's always taking out drug dealers and such you know it's not <laughs> yeah. no woman and children right um, yeah. so it's interesting how they navigate that there's a lot of great quotes in this movie <clears throat> that define kind of like the the mood and the themes of the characters and the story like you know we just said one there mm-hmm. like um no women no children um yeah. and for someone who you saw was such a brutal killer at the beginning it, it both makes sense and also is like different um f- to what you're expecting uh, and those things happen throughout the movie and um it really helps both ground and define this as a very unique film in my opinion um it's a oh, very it's fun ride. Very, definitely very unique. I think, um, you know, to get to my criticisms, mm. um, there's an elephant in the room with this film. Yeah. Um, yeah. The central relationship is very strange. It's, um, it's, it's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. And, I, and I'm having some... So... We have to like be careful about how we navigate this. Yeah, of course, I understand. <laughs> um, we've brought this up before about like when when there's weird notes in a thing and it rubs you weird, and mm. you know I think intent is really important, and I think context is really important. You know when we spoke about uh, Lost in Translation, for example, and how I felt that film was being a kind of racially insensitive mm. and demeaning. Um, I bring it up because I think it detracts from the art ultimately and I think it hurt, mm. it harms the story and because yeah. I don't think Sophia Coppola was necessarily intending to do that it just sort of comes through in the work 
Um, obviously, with the central dynamic between Matilda and Leon, there's this element that she, you know she loves him, right? And she's a twelve year old girl, and the actor is a twelve year old girl, and because of Luc Besson and his, yeah, I, yeah. to give some context on him, like his wife at the time he met when she was twelve. And she said when she was 15, she was in love with him. And the the rules of consent are a bit different in France from what I understand. I'm not educated enough to comment on it culturally. but And also, I think he knocked up a 16-year-old. And, you know, in, in our country, at least, that's very uncomfortable to yeah, kind, of, not kind, of grapple, kind of grapple with, especially considering he is an old man now anyway. And he was, you know, close to middle age when this came out. And he's he's stated that, like, Leon doesn't have sexual urges for Matilda, and I believe that. I don't. I never get that sense from him, really. Um, but I get a bit uncomfortable, cause I, just because Leon doesn't, I don't think that necessarily means <laughs> Besson doesn't, and I have to really be careful what I'm trying to claim here. But I think just the male gaze that they kind of view her through sometimes is is very uncomfortable and I don't know you know if if that it's definitely meant to make you uncomfortable it feels like it's kind of painted into the story as like oh look like I I don't even know how to navigate it because it's I completely agree with you it's like it's so it's so bizarre because you know that if you didn't know about like where this story came from with the director you'd probably play it off because it's written so well as like Leon is like so definitively like this is not, you know, this is not the way things are going to go. You know, like you think you're in love, but you're not. You just, you just, you just want, her character just wants to be loved because of her abusive family. Right. That's where it comes from in the story. However, it's uncomfortable because seeing it in the way that she's portrayed on screen in certain way yeah. in, in the ways that she tries to kind of like flirt with him and tries to like convince him that you know it's real the way that the characters feel him it yeah it does make for quite uncomfortable viewing that takes away from the art and especially due to the fact that the director and and again got to be careful but the ha, has openly like stated that where well where this story derives from is from sure his own experience in that kind of yeah, realm and exactly that for both of us feels you know it's that's a very uncomfortable thing yeah, totally. it doesn't feel right and it it can't be ignored to give to give credit to the film i was always aware there was a there was a level of lowly tourism in the narrative i just didn't know to what degree yeah. so i was quite glad that like that boundary never really gets crossed and yeah and, and he's very clear to deny her advances and i totally see it read it as like she thinks she loves him because she's been through this traumatic event yeah and what she wants is someone to care for her that and she thinks and yeah. she thinks that's how it's going to be but then there's just lots of little moments in the film where it just comes up it just says this weird little I just, I just wish it was a bit more innocent, to be honest, because there's lots, lots of little mo- weird moments where it comes out the game they play, where they do the dress up and she's dressing yeah. up as like Marilyn Monroe, Monroe and stuff, and it's like yeah. this is really weird. This is really weird to you know. There's no and like she's dressed up as like Madonna and stuff. It's like yeah, and they shoot it very intimately. Like the way that it's shot is is it's the way it's, he's it's very kind of, close up and it's it's that it's the way he's gawking at her and I'm like. Look, regardless of what's going on with the characters here, what's going on with you, Luke Besson? Like, yeah, I just, 
I find it very uncomfortable and I'm and knowing like that Natalie Portman was you know a young actress and you know and and, her, and from what I understand from the production her parents were very sceptical about her just being in this film in general there was a lot of things about like what she can and can't do in the film and like the smoking uh, for example the smoking yeah yeah um, yeah and it was just this kind of weird note and then and whenever it came up whenever the romance you know I, I hesitate to call it's it that weird. but you know that, that quality of the story came up I just I was like no stop it you don't need it mm. you really don't need it it doesn't add anything it really mm. does not add anything and um, I recommended this film because yeah. I knew that that would be because it is I've had a discussion with people before because as a film you can look at it as like oh isn't that so bloody well made and written and like the characters are fantastic um, yeah. And I think in film as, as well as as a creative medium, it's very easy to, I want to say like, like put the cover over things like that because it's oh it's a film you know these these things don't necessarily a, a, apply or it's only in relation to the story and you know it's not how it should be you know and the whole thing about how they how they navigate it in terms of the way it was directed and the way that the actors behave and definitively it just doesn't sit well at all uh and no. for me it's the biggest factor of why i'll very carefully suggest this film because although it's fantastic in terms of you know i'd love to talk about all the cinematography and and the way that it makes you care about the characters and the relationship it builds and the performances it is the it is the worst part about it is this very uncomfortable nature um and yeah. it's it's important that we address you as our audience to know that before watching it right. or at least have that um, discussion because it is it is a very uncomfortable um, aspect of this film which is a shame because you know like we said it is very it's very good yeah it's very good you can't use that, yeah. as, that as an excuse um, for me it was like an elephant in the room yeah. where it would just keep coming up and we wouldn't talk <laughs> yeah. about it and yeah. it's like uh, okay and and you know what like dare, dare I say if the film because I don't even think the film is particularly interested in it either like the story doesn't really seem to it could have navigated know, I, it I, in guess, so many different ways I guess you could argue thematically it, it's part of the her kind of being being forced into adulthood right and that's where it's coming from like I can see all that stuff but I just feel like it was such a Again, it doesn't really cross that boundary, so it's fu- it's fine, I suppose. Mm. But that doesn't um, mean it's you know, okay yeah, it doesn't have at all. Yeah, that doesn't have like weird notes. And if you yeah. if you dig into the history of the director, like yeah, it's um, it it's weird. It didn't completely destroy the film for me. It wasn't like one of those kind of things. But it was just definitely like a note that like I was like, mm. oh god, yeah, <laughs> and I was exactly. reading about it, and yeah, I kind of gets worse. Really know what to yeah. make about it. Like, come to your own come conclusions to your own con- about it. Come to your own conclusion about yeah. it. Yeah, it was definitely it would definitely off put me to a point where it harmed the overall quality, but I still enjoyed the film, and it's the only real mm. reservation I have about it. Mm. Like I said, I like a lot about it. I like its sense of action. I like the I like the characters. I I do like them. I like its look. Um, New York City and Golden Hughes will always be, you know, nostalgic to me. Uh, <laughs> for someone who grew up with a Spider-Man VHS, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, it's a cool movie, and uh, yeah, go in cautiously, but also don't expect the worst because I was expecting the worst because I knew this was like an element of the film. Yeah, um, 
So I was yeah. actually quite happy that it wasn't as <laughs> grotesque Over. as I thought it'd be. <clears throat> yeah, no, it is. It is quite. I don't want to use the word subtle because at certain moments it certainly isn't, but like it navigates it well enough um, for it to not strike everyone. I think as like if you're studying film or you're interested in in like like certain styles, you know this is a fantastic movie to study in the way that it was shot and the way that they yeah. navigate um, character development. Uh, I think that's over overall really why I like it so much because this allowed this was a very good movie for me to to, to study um, technically during mm. my time at film school and, and and served me well you know it was it, I was able to to get a lot from from it especially like in in terms of like lighting and and choreography and composition but yeah that was a that was Leon the professional do you want to give a rating uh, yeah sure I think it was like a it's like a solid seven for me. Solid, uh, yeah. Yeah, I give it a six out of ten. Um, mm. I liked it. Didn't love it myself. Um, it's got a lot of cool. Again, I do like. I do love its style. Um, I think just mm-hmm. maybe, uh, you know, maybe the story beats just kind of put me off. Also, I think it. I think it does meander a bit. It feels long, um, which you know we talk mm. about all the time. Like I, that just kind of puts me off some films sometimes, unfortunately. Absolutely. Um, but it was a cool watch. Glad, glad I got around to it. I really want those glasses and that hat. Um. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If anything else. Um, yeah, the performances are pretty pretty wild too. Um, yeah, but yeah anyway. I watch it for some good uh, performances. Yeah. So, um, moving on. Alex, introduce me to, uh, to the next episode. To the next episode. Okay, next episode we're going to be covering... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean the next film. Yeah, excuse me, mate. Oh, I'm just rousing you. Oh, I'm it. just rousing you. Oh. Okay, That's you were never really here by Lynn Ramsey. Um, so I cut it out of the recommendation when I when I shot this one over. Um, I was going to rec- sub recommend Joker, and the whole thesis of my argument was going to be I was going to compare this to Joker and how how this does it right, how Joker does it wrong. Mm. Um, I, I cut it out because I decided not to do that. <clears throat> Because I think it's attractive to make comparisons with this film, and I, I and it's funny that you mentioned like we watched Drive recently, and I think this you can mm. compare to Drive as well. Um, I had a brief conversation with someone on Letterboxd about this film in relation to Drive, um, and I just think it's a bit unfair, really, because I feel like ultimately they're films with completely different goals. And if anything, I find an interesting comparison between the film you recommended today and my yeah, film. I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say they, that they almost are mirror opposites of one another mm. in the sense that we're following this character who's a killer um, very trained killer Joaquin Phoenix is this kind of beast of a man Joe and basically he's a uh, he's a hired killer um, who helps save um, abducted girls from sex trafficking and he's very tortured and he's got a very horrific past um and the film is really an exploration of that. Now, this is directed by Lynn Ramsey, as I've said, who mm. I think might be one of my favourite directors now. I've, I, I was late to this episode because I was up late last night watching one of her movies, so now I've seen all of them. Um, oh, and I really love her sense of directing, her way of approaching narrative, um, her visual look. You know, I, I think she's absolutely fantastic. Um 
And, you know, when I saw this film for the first time, you know, I, I was under no, <clears throat> I was under no illusion that this was a, that this wasn't a fantastic film. I always thought it was fantastic, but um, coming back through it this time around, I think it's actually perfect. I think it's actually a masterpiece. I think this film is absolutely fantastic. <sighs> um, it's like in my top, it's probably in my top five now. Bloody I really, hell. I really, really love it. Um, and I'm going to get into all of why that is, but I'm curious as to what you think of it and how you felt about it and mm. maybe some comparisons against Leon because they are similar in many ways, but completely different at the same time, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess like the, the general difference in, in core is within its character. Um, mm. So you have similar similarities within the narrative in which the central character takes it upon themselves to take care of um, like a, a young vulnerable girl um, yeah. in need um, and there is like an external threat but I think what this movie does so fucking brilliantly to be honest is the journey that you take along with the character in relation to his own experience uh, this mm-hmm. whole movie is a bit of a, a mind fuck because yeah. I was watching this and I was trying as you do watching these kind of movies is to be smart about it and try and figure out as you go along but it's so well put together that even when Mm. you think you've got something figured out there'll be another set of cards that lands on the table that changes everything and yet it still feels so well balanced um, in making it so that that the core of this film develops in such a comfortable way now that that sounds very confusing so let me kind of break that down a bit Um, so throughout this film you have flashbacks for example to something and they're all so vague and I liked that they were vague because of you know there was not one moment in this movie that I felt that I was being treated as an audience member like like an idiot like like I was being spoon fed or whatever because these kind of hints that you were given in the close ups of various uh, and repeats of dialogue and of these scenes that the central character is experiencing. Because um, I knew nothing about this movie going in, um, but figured out obviously very quickly that he is, um, it kind of tells you that he's like a soldier and you kind of put it together that he's suffering some form of PTSD. Um, mm. And his life is very strange because you, similar to Leon, you have. Uh, a development at the beginning that shows that he's a brutal killer and in many ways throughout this movie um, very desensitised emotionally and then you have um, a a kind of time to build this character around his mother that (laughs) again remind me very much like Joker Um, Mm. but (laughs) this film does it so well in the fact that he doesn't change too much of himself around her. He just shows his heart. Yeah. Because um, mm. with Joker, it feels like he's a completely... Obviously, you have with Joker, you have a whole... Which I, yeah. I gather is why you say it's not fair to... to, to I, don't even, I don't even really want to go down the rabbit hole no, no, no. because I think they're entirely they're compl- different They films, are completely two different films. and Which is why like, I kind of avoided it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I can see why you originally thought it'd be like a like an interesting discussion though because I was I've making seen, those yeah. connections whilst watching it. 
Um, you know, I've seen I've seen video essays that I've compared it to, and the handling of things like mental illness and the mother dynamic, and how they're very you know it's it's, it's quite ironic that they're very similar in many ways, um, but also very not because <laughs> yeah. I think Joker is not about introspection, and I think no, it's not. Lynn Ramsey and her film her films are very much about looking inside and giving you characters who have. Uh, something, some sense of tragedy to them, or are maybe unlikable in some quality, but mm. exploring and digging underneath the surface of what makes them human, at least. Yeah. Uh, this was adapted from a novella um, that was very pulpy and, uh, you know, pretty much the same story beats um but Lane Ramsey sort of felt that the novel felt that the novella felt unfinished and when she spoke to the author John okay. Flames about the adaptation and she sort of says about this film that it's not really an adaptation it became its own kind of thing and she when she spoke to the original author he was very happy for her to kind of take it in its own direction mm. um but he wanted her to keep the the page turner quality of it and I think you know this is a oh, movie and it's paced very well in my opinion Mm. Um, and yeah, and she, they kind of, she said that just as this developed, it moved away from being pulpy and action based, and action, and you know the way they shoot around action. I want to talk about, um, and it just became this more introspective piece of work. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix Pan was very on board with with that vision. Um, and I always love hearing about Joaquin and how he contributes to his roles because it yeah. sounds like he's very involved in the filmmaking process. And he sort of spoke about how. You know, initially the character was going to wear like latex gloves and he was going to have all these kind of gadgets and stuff and they stripped all that away because it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel raw. It didn't feel right for the character. Mm. Um, and yeah, and, and I love, and yeah, like I said, there, there is a central kind of PTSD to this film. And when Ramsey was kind of talking to Joaquin about her, his character, she was saying that, you know, he's a man f- and his head's full of glass, his head's full of broken glass, yeah. and she would play him clips of, like, fireworks and explosions, and she'd say, this is what you hear in your head. And you really get that sense from his performance that he is, you know, <laughs> about to about to burst at any moment. And and he's got these suicidal yeah. tendencies. When we first see him, he's, you know, fixating himself, and it's... But there's something about the way it's shot and the way he keeps doing it and the sense of like ritual where it's he, this character is getting pain he's getting relief from pain um, mm. and he's very self-sacrificing and you know and he's he's very tortured you know and he's very and I love the way they use editing with these kind of brief flashes to past traumas that we never mm. they're never spoken about you know we never have a scene where he sits down with his mother and they talk about his father or whatever it, it's all implied and you have to kind of piece it together for yourself. And if you're paying attention, you'll notice repetitions and a cyclical nature to the trauma. And I think that's reflected in Nina, the young girl, where, you know, she kind of is traumatised herself and maybe goes down a similar path to Joe. Um, and yeah, I just, I think it's so thoughtful in that way. <laughs> you know, Lynn, yeah. and pe- people have... Um, and why I'm he- don't want to talk about comparisons because people go, oh, no. it's like it's like art house Taken, and Lily Ramsey has said I haven't even seen Taken. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's not sure, yeah. that is not an influence on the filmmaking itself. It's you know, it's um, she's she she comes from a photography background. She says she watches a, she watches mainly documentaries. She's not really a you know that definitely comes across though. 
because yeah, exactly. the kind of like exactly. observant nature of this movie was so powerful. Mm. Um, you all, it, uh, I think one thing. That, uh, sorry to interrupt you. I was just, uh, I just really just had a thought about um, like my my process in watching this movie. Um, I loved, in fact, really adored the way that in which they handled the introduction of knowledge in this movie. So, for example, you said about. Um, him earlier and him being very scarred individual whatever mm-hmm. it's the little things about how you know you would have a scene that doesn't seem very important where he maybe would just spend some time alone in his room and he'd take off his shirt and he'd have like a bag of like ice to like you know to get rid of the swelling on his shoulder and you see that the action's not focused on that it's focused no. on the scars on his back that have healed Absolutely. and then you know, all these little bits of knowledge that are put into it visually that feel very documentary-like to make you build a sense of this character and the way in which he is supposed to behave um, as the film goes on. Um, the score, I felt, was was brilliant. It wasn't too abrasive, um, which was my... I don't want, Actually, I don't want to make comparisons. Um, with, the, with the score, it was it was so... <laughs> It works so well in the moments in which it was used, and it was used properly. Yeah. Um, it fits. It fits the mood. Johnny Greenwood definitely did the, did the score for this. Oh, did Johnny um, Greenwood do the score for this? Yeah, this was Johnny Greenwood. Oh, um, fair play to him. You did that a reaction. <laughs> that reaction is going from we're big Radiohead fans. So, um, yeah. I actually saw this because they were doing screenings at the watershed of the Radiohead soundtrack uses, like ah. the, the, the soundtracks they've made or film scores. Um, so I caught caught this then, um, and yeah, I really love I, all of the sound in this film. The way that um, you know, diegetic noise seems to come and go into the mixing, mm. and there's very quiet moments. There's scenes where there's a scene where he's walking around, and the footsteps are almost deafening, uh, and the nature of the music is very it is very scrambled. Though it is very, yeah, I think it is quite. Um, mm. What's the word you used? Uh, Abrasive, uh, abrasive, abrasive. <laughs> yeah. in in the sense that it's very it's very jarring. It kind yeah. of it comes out of nowhere, but it feels it goes one way. One goes one way, goes another, and that's kind of reflecting the nature of Joe. And apparently, um, when composing the score and the music, uh, you know, Johnny Greenwood was getting was kind of getting the film updated chronologically, so the score changed along as he was kind of progressing through the film. Um, and I just cool. think it really suits that mental state of Joe really well. I think it's, I think, I mean, I've, I've, I'm obsessed with Ramsey now, and I think she's so poetic. And that idea of you've got a head full of glass, and there's something about the music that really that's, that's um, a fucking amazing reflects way of describing that, that character. Yeah, that scrambled nature, absolutely. Um, yeah, and the visual look of it, I like. It's just kind of you know darkened tones and it's got mm. this kind of like burnt polaroid aesthetic um i don't i, yeah. did, I didn't even i got to the end of the movie and i was like i because i i tend to do this a lot and I, I know it's the thing that a lot of people relate to but like when you when you know you're going into a movie that's supposed to be a little bit kind of weird or out there or just like it's supposed to make you try and figure out the narrative you do sit there and you're like, I'm going to figure this out before the film tells me. I know exactly what's going on. Um, 
so I was sitting here and I got to the end of the film like I was I was going you were never really here like what what does that mean like what is is it going to be like he was because uh, originally I was watching it and I was like there's a lot of scenes where he's on his own in in the places in which like like shit goes down so I was like you know is it an actual thing where maybe it's not PTSD but you know there are scenes where he's taking pills like is it and I didn't want it to be because I felt like this was a kind of bit half-assed for how much like heart was put into kind of interpreting mental health but I was like is this going to be one of those things those movies where it's like oh he was like the killer all along like he committed all these things but he perceived that he was like the victim of it or something like that but then like it got to the end of the film where where spoiler alert um obviously um he they're sat in a cafe um and he shoots himself in the head and they so brilliantly navigate it to making you realize that that didn't actually happen because everything in the house in the cafe just continues and like the waitress has got like blood on her face and she's smiling and like gives the bill and then it makes you realize oh like the whole point of the movie is that he just kind of feels that he has absolutely no effect on anything around him at all. Like he may sure. as well not have been there. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah, like, he's "Walking ghost." Yeah, he just he just kind of exists. Um, and yeah. I was like, so when the film and the credits rolled, and you do have a, a brilliant ending to this film where the credits roll, where it's um, it just stays on that one shot of the table. Nothing happens. It's just they just walk out of the frame. And it allows you to like reflect on yeah. it and you're like, oh shit, that's really smart. And then I was sat yeah. here for a good like 20 minutes, like writing the notes, like I get it. Like that's, that's really bloody clever. Um, mm. And there are so many elements of this movie, like the score and the way that certain things are shot in order to, to give you those bits of information that you can just tell how much heart has been poured into making sure that the story is, doesn't have those elements of like, oh, well, they did that because it's, like, a film or, like, they yeah. felt that they had to put some action in there in order to make it, like, sellable. There was none of that. It was just very true to the mm. character and, and and the story, which is quite rare. Um, and the more Absolutely. I think about it, the more I, the more I love it for that those reasons. Absolutely, yeah. Its approach to um, violence as well, I mean, is very thoughtful considering the themes of the film. Yeah. Uh, that first kind of action scene we see, where you just see it through um, diegetic cinematography, where it's just the CCTV cameras, and we're kind of <laughs> cut in between, and we don't really get the. It's not intense, you know, and it's not visceral. It's we're just kind of seeing it very matter of factly through a CCTV camera. And Lynn mm. Ramsey spoke about how the film is, the violence in the film is a kind of post-violence, and we we never really fully look at it in the way that like um, other. I guess to compare <laughs> like something like Taken Light where it's like very visceral and punch mm. punchy and whatever um, and I really like that approach I think that I think that's just a really simple touch um, that goes a long way um, and it's, it's weaved into character like when you know Joe is this kind of suicidal man who's about to explode and when he finds his they've killed his mother and he takes her out to the river and he's going to drown himself and I love I love the nature of his character that he should be this scary beast of a man that you know would you would typically be kind of if he wasn't the hero you'd be frightened frightened about but you know there's this pure heart at the center of him he's like an angel he's a 
saviour and the thing that you know brings him back is realising that the girl's out there and he can't he can't not help her he can't not save someone Mm. regardless of what it does to him Um, and then when he does get to the house it's just this kind of post-violence where it seems like all it's all already happened and when he gets there he finds the guy's body and he's you know he's already dead and she's killed him and that sense of like that cathartic moment is stripped from him and he has to finally kind of break down and come to terms with everything and he and that and Joaquin is so brilliant and the way he just strips down and he's like he turns mm. into a child and and he sh- strips off his shirt and he's crying and it's very powerful it's extremely it powerful to, it adds to what you said earlier about the sound in this film like there's so many bits that have just like I had to put subtitles on because there's so many bits where he's just like whispering and like that scene <laughs> yeah. in particular where he's at the he's at the end of the bed and he's breaking down and he's like he's like mumbling like I'm so weak I'm so yeah. weak and it's like there's so many bits like that where it's just like it's so subtle and it's not like in your face it's not like he feels this way he feels that way it's just so observant and it lets you figure it out and piece it together for yourself um mm. And I love it for that, you know? Um, it fa- it seems to be the film that kind of nailed the balance between drama in in what one could argue is like an action film because there is, you know, there is violent action in this film. There are bits where, mm. you know, like there's a, there's a bit where the guy opens, he, he opens the door and the guy gets shot in front of him and he gets covered in blood. And like, yeah. that's like, you know, it serves the story it's not like out of place but like it's it, it defines it then as like oh this is this is perhaps like an action film but it 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 doesn't really feel that that takes center stage at all and it's mostly sure. about the care and the heart that goes into to telling the story about the, the main character and and his mental health and his journey mm-hmm. um throughout his this period in his life um yeah. it's completely a character study in the true yeah. sense absolutely you know, and like Lynn Ramsey was is very candid and open about talking about this film and saying that she wasn't interested in showing you the things you've seen before you know yeah. the action is just is treated like a theme and not spectacle it's just part of that character's journey um and it can be visceral and brutal um but it can also just be a thing that happens and that you have to kind of adjust to and by distancing yourself from it a little bit it helps with that sense of you know that sense of trauma and that this idea mm. of the impact it's taking you know like i said that it's post-violence we, we see a lot of aftermath of mm. what happens and it's more about that kind of the reactive nature that. of that yeah. exactly um and brilliant yeah it, it 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 really really struck a chord with me this time round, where it just really it just works i i i've you know we 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 spoke about the rules of the rules or the guidelines or the beliefs of filmmaking or whatever right and if, <laughs> sure. you're, if you've been listening sure. to the show since the beginning i think the thing i keep saying about films that i think work and i think what would probably be my ultimate kind of thing that i look for is the sense of cohesion hmm. and all the elements working together whether that be performances editing music everything um and that's how i feel about this film you know i I could see some parts not working for some people like you know maybe if you 
dislike action, you know. Uh, if you like f- fun action, then something like Leon would be more up your street. Um, but mm. I just really appreciated the introspective nature of this piece. And mm. yeah, yeah. It, it's... <laughs> I've run into this thing we've run into all the time where, where you just love something so much it's hard to even really talk about it um, yeah I can I can tell that with you I, I love that I love the way in which you found this film as well it must feel very good to to have found it it's, it's always it's, it's great to, to find a film that you have absolutely no idea about and ends up being like your favourite thing um, yeah and to come back to something and to go oh i don't love this enough because <laughs> when i recommended it I, did, I kind of just recommended it on a whim i was like yeah i like that movie that would be a good one to talk about i like you revisited I like it. it yeah and like just watching all of her work i'd recommend all her work um i think she's just fucking she's she's absolutely brilliant she's like well probably <laughs> probably one of the best <laughs> filmmakers of our time i'd say and uh yeah i'm so excited for her to do more stuff because she's only got really like four features and, I, and wow. they're all fantastic um, and she she works with great talent uh, and has a great eye for cinema you know and I think that's the key so you never really hear is that it's it's visual storytelling purely it's completely show not tell like I said it's not a talky dialogue heavy film it is using images to convey meaning and to tell you story mm. and and it's very and a part of that is because they didn't really have a lot of budget like the uh, the CCTV scene uh, they only had half a day to shoot that apparently <laughs> so Jesus. kind of the presentation of it is because out of necessity um, but this comes up sometimes where you know restrictions can be very beneficial to the end product of something mm. um, I believe that creatively like the more restrictions you put on something the more you get that creative energy and Joaquin and Lynn were saying that on set like you know that sense of anticipation of like okay how are we going to do this uh, really just helped with the creative energy and you know that, that scene where he shoots himself in the head at the end Lynn Ramsey said that just kind of came to her as they were kind of like wrapping up the shoot and she kind of felt like yeah that'd be a good ending hmm. um, and that's brilliant I love that fucking I love that creative energy to it you know um, hmm. yeah it's awesome I love it uh five star completely five star um mm. absolutely adore this film um and yeah check out her other work as well because it's all it's all good it's yeah, all definitely good do that um she, yeah. she wrote um well she did that film about we need to talk about kevin i think it's called yeah mm-hmm. um and i've been meaning to watch that for ages so i think that might be a but might be a, a watch for me soon awesome. but I, this only came out in 2017 so yeah, like you said, yeah. I imagine she's got a lot more uh, up her sleeve, and I, I look forward to seeing. I so. Definitely, and I, I really hope to. Um, I can't wait to see what uh, what she comes out with next, and who she works with, and, and the kind of story that she wants to tell. Um, and yeah, for me, five star. It's um, it's brilliant. There's no point in me breaking it down into ten out of ten or or nine out of ten. Um, because to be honest it hit me so much and I've watched it so recently I, I've yet to kind of think of things that I'm kind of still kind of very awestruck by it um, I think mm. the pacing maybe for some people might be um, a bit frustrating um, yeah I can see that like see that for it, sure. it, it is like it does take its time um, but it does feel long for, for it me feel long for a 90 minute film yeah that's true yeah but, but then it, for me that's not necessarily the experience I felt like 
I remember like pausing it at one bit and it was like three quarters of the way through and I was like oh shit like we're almost near the end um, mm. and I was kind of glad that that was the case because it for me it didn't feel like if I felt like some directors would have made this a lot longer and really tried to bury into areas that weren't really necessary and I don't feel of course, yeah. I honestly personally feel that this film doesn't take you know doesn't waste time but because there's so many moments and scenes where it feels like nothing's really happening like if you were just kind of if you you know put yourself on cruise control and just whack this movie on maybe in bed or whatever um I can see that throughout those moments you might start to kind of differ off a bit um yeah I'd like to see this maybe in a cinema someday because um, I feel like I'd definitely aid that. Um, mm. But like performances and, and the way it was written, like I wrote here, like the the dialogue was was great. It felt I, I've wrote the first thing I I, I wrote here was um, you feel so much like an observer because the dialogue feels like real life, um, and I don't necessarily probably mean real life, but what I, what I kind of meant to say there was that like it didn't feel like I was watching a conversation in a film. Um, the no. moments in which they interact with um, where he's remember that scene where he's like um, where is it he's, he's in his boss's office or whatever <laughs> and yeah. it, about the jelly beans and that and like how he's one. so disinterested <laughs> and yeah. like it just felt real That's like, great. I could I believed in yeah. this character and like even the the scene before where he, he met his kind of his connection where um, one of the first bits is where he has an interaction with a uh with the guy who guess supplied him the first job or whatever um and like the son saw him or something of that nature um mm. and like he was like we're done um and the conversation and how they awkwardly tried to navigate that because like you know obviously he didn't want to like he didn't feel it was necessary like he was trying to apologize at the same time he knew you know they like, don't fucking lie to me like yeah. it, it felt real it felt like i was with in the room with them because the, it was performed so naturally um, and that's so fucking hard to nail and especially to write because if yeah. any of you out there have ever had experience with writing dialogue you'll know that that's part that I, I would say the, the most difficult part of writing is, is nailing dialogue and making it feel real even if you're writing a piece that is you know is not meant to, you know maybe it's like a fantasy film or something like that you know its core emotion always seems to derive back to dialogue and how characters interact with one another and and whether or not you believe how they feel or they act. Um, And yeah, they nail that in this film. So it's a great example of it. Um, But yeah, bloody brilliant, to be honest. Um, (laughs) I thoroughly enjoyed it. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, The next double feature, my friend. What have you got? I haven't really got anything up my sleeve, to be fair. So I'm... We like to give. We like to take a. Well, you know, if you if you're listening and you want us to cover something on the show, I'm more than mm. happy to do it. Um, so I think for my one, at least, I don't know what you want to do, but this week I'm going to take one of the viewer suggestions. Um, oh, lovely! I'm gonna we're, we're gonna watch Clueless for the next double feature for my Clu- one. I've never seen Clueless, so well done to who said who suggested that? <laughs> do we know? Uh, I don't know if you want to name them. <laughs> if someone in the Discord. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, you have to go into the Discord to find out, folks, which you can access on Discord. Hey. Yeah, um, Discord. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, cool. I did want to suggest one movie, only because I okay. saw it the other day. Um, it was a 
is another one that they need, well, I need to get him on the show to be honest because he loves film and I live with him at the moment uh, and he suggested a film called uh, Warriors or Warrior okay have you seen it? is this the is it what do you mean the Warriors? no 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 like Warrior like the uh, it's a film about two brothers and boxing no right well no, I, I thought I was going to hate this film because we were scroll, we doing the whole the whole thing about Netflix in in the in the evenings where you, you scroll through, you sat on the sofa, you're like, oh, I don't know what to watch. I've watched all of this, and he's like, Have you ever seen Warriors? And he he told me he's like, Oh, it's two, it's it's a film about two brothers and boxing, and I was like, Oh, I'm gonna hate it. That sounds awful. I don't like boxing movies. I don't like Rocky. I don't like you know. Uh, like Creed like they're undeniably they're for like I don't know why I don't like them I just I'm just not interested in it this is the uh, Tom H- this is Tom Hardy one yeah yes um, okay Warrior yeah Warrior and Warrior yeah and <laughs> I just was pleasantly surprised by it like it kind of shocked okay. me how much I enjoyed it okay, um, cool. and uh, I'd be interested it's, it's by no means in my opinion like one of those movies that it's like mind blowing. Like it's, it's it's not like you were never really okay. here where it's kind of it makes you really think emotionally um, about very serious issues or anything. It just follows like a story that I uh, was a bit more in depth than what I thought it was going to be, and I really enjoyed it. So yeah, okay, awesome. Yeah, I haven't seen it. So uh, cool. Awesome. So your next ones for the next sub feature are uh, clueless. clueless. And warrior, awesome! The clueless warrior, amazing. Clueless warrior. <laughs> oh boy! Awesome. Well, amazing. Thanks for joining us. If you made it this far, thanks for listening. I just dropped <laughs> my paper. Um, if you enjoyed the show, <laughs> go leave a five star review on iTunes, please, and share yes. the post on your social media and do all that stuff. Helps out a lot. Um, I'll also explain as well with with iTunes. We keep buggering on about it. But the reason why is because it's a weird algorithm over at Apple where leaving a five-star review actually does something. <laughs> it boosts you up the uh, charts for podcasts, which is always helpful to get more of you guys listening. Um, but if you want to try and support us on any way that isn't like through Patreon or something, if you have an Apple yeah. device or an Apple account, go, go give it a five-star if you enjoy it or a four-star or a three-star. But please not a two or one star, because I will find I wouldn't, you. I wouldn't suggest leaving... Ref- I would say just leave a five-star <laughs> review. Please don't encourage them to leave less than five stars. Well, anyway. I'm just a realist, you know? You know I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just five, star, uh, five stars, please. But we're doing... Thank you very much for all the support you've been given recently. It's... um. Listen, we don't need to suck their dicks, all right? <laughs> no, what I'm trying to say, Alex, is that we've had some, nice, <laughs> we've we've some very nice individuals come up, you know, approach yes, us, who, yes, who like the show, which has been weird, but... Okay, anyway, you can follow us at Final Draft Show at Twitter and Final Draft Pod on Instagram, or it's the other way around, I can't remember. Also on Facebook at Final Draft. Uh, email us at finaldraftpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, on the socials there'll be a link to the discord join the discord to be part of the conversation be part of the community uh, send us love send us hate send us whatever you want uh, within reason um, and if you really want to support the show go to patreon.com slash the final draft five pound a month gets you access to the bonus uh, bonus episodes the writer's room uh, bonus episodes are going to be up on the first of each month we're going to try our mm. best to do that but they'll be around that time um, and also keep an eye out 
we're gonna have more guests on. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna be on some we're gonna be on some podcasts that I need to talk to you about later. Um, so yeah, there's cool shit coming up. Uh, yeah, we got a lo- yeah. we got a lot in the pipeline. That's quite that's quite fascinating. A lot of fun. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Thanks. Go, go away and watch some some good films and let us know in Discord what they are, <laughs> or if you hate our reactions to today's episode, let us know. Thanks. Well, just go away. Just go away. I'm done with you. Just now. go away. Be gone. We're done. We're done. Be gone. What are you doing? Close close the app. Go away. Okay. Lots of love. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>